said, uh, we're, we're going to be starting a church in seven weeks, so we're just kind of gearing up for that. And, but I, I, I've been really encouraged that you all have been in the psalm. In fact, I got to listen to the last few sermons uh, online. Uh, this last week spoke on Psalms uh, 23 and, uh, and uh, just, just, just love this, what God is doing. It's the word that you all are hearing with the psalms. And so, uh, and I was just glad that I get to join right on in, so there's no difference. And so I'm going to be looking at Psalm 34 uh, this morning, and uh, we're going to be going through that and just seeing what God uh, says to us. And, but before we read Psalms 34, I want, to, I want to read the backdrop of Psalms 34 because, you know, one of the things about the psalms is that the psalms is, is a, a very emotional book. Uh, it's a very, uh, in fact, theologians, don't, they don't really uh, like to use the psalms to get most theology from because uh, whenever you read uh, uh, books like psalms and poems and songs and th- things like that, uh, it's you, you really, it's, it's very emotional. So sometimes it's not consistent. It's very raw uh, as, as far as some of the, the tone that we get. And so like today, our Psalm 34 comes with the backdrop of, of, of 1 Samuel chapter 21. And this is when David was one of, at, at his lowest moment of his life. And so this is what this Psalm was written. And one of the cool things about the Psalms is that the Psalms give us a window into the heart of the great men of God, and we get a, con- a understanding of what they were thinking, what they were feeling in the moment. And so a lot of times when we read the Bible, we kind of see like these people do these great things for God, but sometimes we, we kind of misjudge what they were thinking or what they were feeling. And so here in this text, we get, the, get a window into the heart of King David's life at one of his mo- lowest moments of his life. So I want to start off at Psalms 21, uh, 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 1 Samuel 21. And then we'll read Psalm 34. So I'm going to read a good portion of Scripture this morning. Uh, so I'm going to just read this, and so you can kind of have a, a backdrop of what's going on. 1 Samuel, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21, in verse 10, starting, it says, uh, That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing their dances about. Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart, and he was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence while, while he was in their hands, and he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors uh, of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Verse 14, Achish says to his servants, look at this man. He's insane. Why bring him to me? I am, so sh- am I so short of madmen that you bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? And then from there, David flees from this city. And while he's fleeing from the city, he stops and he pauses and he writes Psalms 34. And it reads, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boasts in the Lord, and, in, and the humble shall hear it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. 
They looked to him, and they were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, who encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, we are excited to hear from you. Lord, speak us, encourage us today, Lord Jesus. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is like one of my favorite, uh, just one of my favorite psalms, because sometimes like when we read the Bible, like it don't make sense at all. Like it don't, it doesn't reconcile to like what's really going on. And so this is one of those passages, passages of scripture where I still have a hard time believing. I have a hard time really reconciling with, because you got this guy named David, right? He is the king of He's supposed to be the king of all of Israel, right? And David is this guy who kind of bursts upon a scene. Like, we don't really kind of, we're not really introduced to David and watch him grow up and kind of go through the ranks or whatever. We, he just, he kind of comes upon a scene, right? And so David is this guy who, who uh, Saul had failed as a king and God wanted somebody else. And so God, God chose David and we, we are first introduced to David when he was out in the fields kind of doing his job as a shepherd, taking care of the sheep. And we are introduced to David as this guy who was anointed king of Israel. We're not introduced to David as the young shepherd boy who had to work his way up into the ranks. We're introduced to David as someone who was an anointed king. So God told them that he was going to be king. God told them that he was going to be uh, the leader of Israel but in this current situation, it seems like he is completely far away from that. And so David is this guy who, who, uh, who was called, and his dad sent him out into the field. And we know about the story of David and Goliath and, and how David, he, uh, he conquered a giant. And it's a great sermon to preach. In fact, I was a youth pastor. I preached that sermon so many times and how we all have giants in our lives and, and God's going to allow us to overcome those, those giants. And, you know, a lot of times we hear sermons like that and we really appreciate sermons like that because we all have hard times in our lives and, and, and God's called us to overcome the hard times and overcome the giants and those things are great. And I love when a preacher preaches those sermons. But oftentimes, settled, settled times, like we don't really hear a lot about the preacher who's preaching about this journey of faith that we're on. Not only do we conquer giants, but we also face hard times. This journey of faith takes us to dark nights. This journey of faith that we're all on, it not only takes us to the highs that we celebrate about, but this journey takes us to the lows. And here in this passage of Scripture, we find David at one of his lowest moments of his life. In fact, we find David not, not conquering giants, but we find David acting insane. We, we, don't, we don't see David here slaying, uh, killing the tens of thousands that they came up the song about him, but we, we, we find David in the moment where he is completely far away from the promise that God had promised him years before. And sometimes in life, we go through great times in this journey of faith, when we go through awesome time in this journey of faith. But let me just be honest with you, like we, this journey of faith takes us to dark nights. And sometimes, like, we know how to celebrate God in the great times, but do we know how to celebrate God when the nights are really long and when, when it seems like there's no way out? David is 
a person who's reconciling with the promise of God, of being the king of Israel. God told him, God anointed him to be king of Israel, but now he's, he's running for his life. He's acting insane, and he has to play crazy just to survive. And I don't, know about you, I, don't know about, I don't know about you, but if I was David, I would be asking the question, God, you told me that I was going to be king. God, you told me. I know that sometimes we ask ourselves, like, God, you told me that my kids are going to be raising, if I raise my kids in the Lord, they, they, would, be, they, would, they would make right decisions. God, you told me if I, I'd be faithful in my giving, you, you would bless my finances. God, you, you, you told me about, you know, if I just give you give my life, that everything would be all right. And like, God, you told me these things. And sometimes the promises of God does not reconcile with our current reality. And so honestly, David is in a moment of his life where he's seen, he heard about what God promised him, but he seems to be completely far away from the dreams that God has for his life. What do you do? When it seems like anxiety, depression, disappointment, shame, condemnation seems to be in your life and it does not match with the promises that God has given you. We're in this moment, right? And this is, this is the moment and this is the context of Psalms 34. This is, this is the reality of Psalms 34. David is here. David is completely away from him being a king. He's running for his life. He's completely scared. He's, he's completely filled with fear. He, he don't know what's next for his life. He don't know what the next season looks like for his life. He don't know what step to take. He don't know where to go. He don't have a home. He doesn't have a family at this moment. He's all alone. And he went to the city thinking that he can find a family, but they kicked him out. So he's alone, he's isolated, he's confused, he's depressed, he's suffering anxiety, and he's in this moment. And when we face hard times, like David is in this moment, how do we respond? Do we respond by saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So I want to look at three things today uh, that really highlights in this passage of Scripture, which I think really is something that we can learn from. The first thing that David did was that he knew and he learned how to praise God in the midst of a dark night. Like, we, we love singing songs like, oh, he turned my midnight into morning, and that's awesome. I get to praise his name. He turned my joy, he turned my sadness into joy, and that's why I praise his name. But can you praise his name in the process of sadness? Like, can you praise his name when the morning is not there yet? And like, in the middle of the midnight, David knew that, that he had to praise his name. And I'm just kind of, I'm shocked before David because he said, in the midst of this dark night, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's not the song that I know I'm singing when I'm facing tough times. I'm singing a song, God, you told me about the promises. God, you promised me this. God, you showed me this. I remember I, I graduated from college, and, um, and everyone thought, you know, I, I went to a Bible college, and I got a, I got a double major. I, I majored in uh, biblical studies. I also majored in criminal science. Um, just to have like a, just a, a, a job on the side. And I was, um, you know, I was working for this urban ministry in Lakeland, Florida, and I had this great opportunity to work for this church. 
And uh, it was just, it was just like, man, it was my moment. I was excited. It was in downtown Orlando. It was just like a great spot. I love Orlando, Florida. It was awesome. And so I had, we had just got married, and we got this apartment downtown Orlando, and we were just enjoying life. So my first day in the office, we're having a, there was like a meeting happening I didn't know about, and there's this large meeting. I mean, and the doors are closed. I'm walking to my office, and I hear some screaming on the other side of the church. Like, what's going on? And in that meeting, they had a, 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 a huge church split. Well, most of the church that, that I thought I was coming to ended up leaving that very next Sunday. And so, like, uh, so the church went from, I think it was like 700 members, literally to like 50 people. And so it, it kind of changed everything. And so I had bought this apartment. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I just moved here. I moved my family here, my wife in here, and now we're in this moment. And uh, so I remember the church was like 50 people. It was, uh, you know, they could not afford to pay me uh, because of that. And so I had to get a job at Home Depot. And I just remember when I was working at Home Depot, I just remember I am completely far away from what God promised me. I, I just remember going through Bible college and professors saying, hey, Travis, you got a gift on your life. Travis, you got uh, great things for your life, and God's going to use you to do great things. And, and I, I believed it. I, I really believed it, so I, I thought that God was going to use me, and so I thought that going to this church was going to be my moment. This is, this is what God promised me, and now I'm working at the front desk at Home Depot. And I just, I just remember that moment, and I was calling my mentor one night, and I was just crying, and just, just kind of saying, man, I'm just, I, I ended up working for Home Depot for, for, for about three and a half to four years. And it seemed like I was just completely far away for what God promised me. And it was one night, I was driving on I-4, and my car broke down on the way from Home Depot to home. Um, and my car broke down, and I just remember on the side of the road, just, I mean, honestly, I was just, just bawling. God, I'm, I'm far away from what you promised me. And there was this song that was, came on the radio station called K-Love, and it says, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone. And I, I just remember as cars were flying by, I'm broken down on the side of I-4, this major highway going right through Orlando, and I just remember it just started to, I had no other words to say but that song. And I start singing it, and I begin to sing it. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and tears rolled down my eyes. I live for you alone. And it was in that moment, God began to shape my current reality. And in that moment, I realized that I thought that the enemy had buried me. But God revealed to me in my praise that God had planted me there. And so David is in this spot where it seems like he is completely away from his dreams completely away from his calling, completely away from the promise of, of God, and he chooses to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And I think it's a challenge for us that we may, we got to kind of check what comes out of our mouth when we're facing hard times. I know for me, sometimes complaining comes out a lot, right? You know, I, praise not a continue to come out of my mouth. I've been complaining. Like, I remember in that season, I was complaining all the time. Like, I got to work at Home Depot. I worked hard, and I, I remember being on a preaching team at my, my, uh, my university. I remember working hard, and I graduated top of my class. I should be working in a church somewhere. That guy got a youth pastor job, and I preached way better than him. You know, I just, like, 
right? I just, I just remember, I remember having these conversations with God, complaining, bitterness. And sometimes, like, whenever we face moments like this or the journey of faith, because like I said, the journey of faith takes us there, right? We, we go there, right? We go through hard nights. And so it's not like a depressing sermon. It's just a reality sermon that we're, we're going to go there. But when we get there, do we, do, what comes out of our mouth? Is it praise? Is it, is, it, is it magnifying God? Is it singing praise unto his name? And I believe that David teaches us the principle here, that in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a hard time, if we can know and we can learn how to praise, even when it doesn't seem like we are close to the promises of God for our lives, do we know how to sing? Do we know how to shout when it's dark at night? And, you know, sermons like this, when I hear sermons like this, and I, get, I get it, Travis. I get it. Sing, it. sing songs to God when it's tough. Man, but it's, man, but it's hard when you're facing life. And it seems like God abandoned you. And it, I mean, David is in this moment alone. It's not like he has a an entourage around him in this moment. He's writing this psalm, and he's completely alone. And it, it, it looked like God abandoned him. It looked like God just kind of just left him. And I felt that way sometimes, and I still feel that way sometimes. Seems like God is just nowhere to be found. I prayed the prayers. I did what the pastor said. I came to church. I started serving. I, I did everything that I was told to do, but yet this dark night is surrounding me. And God says, let us praise him in the midst of the battle. Secondly, is this, is that David teaches us in this psalm that we are to rejoice in the Lord. I, I, I like what a different version uh, that I read to you, it, it, it said, let the afflicted rejoice in the Lord. And that did not make any sense to me. Like, so God, like, you, you want the weak people, you want the afflicted to rejoice in the Lord. Like, God, how, how do you expect me to rejoice in the middle of a, a storm? God, how do you expect me to have joy in the middle of a tough time? And David is writing this passage, he's writing this psalm, and he's writing this song, and I can only imagine just the conflict that he's having with himself. He's, he's crying, he's bawling, he's, he's, he's afraid, he doesn't know what's next, and he's saying rejoice anyways. God, why do you want me to rejoice? God, how can I rejoice in you? And i tell you why. Because we serve a God who can bring joy, not when the victory happens. We serve a God who can bring joy in the middle of a battle. And I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that he can we, we can, we can experience the joy of the Lord in the midst of a battle. I didn't know that we serve a God that can give us joy in the middle of a tough time. And, we serve, and he does that. He gives us this joy in the midst of this battle. And, and David's in this moment, he, he's completely afraid. And he says to us, hey, while you're afflicted, while you are going through pain, while you're going through sickness, while you are waiting for your healing, while you're waiting for your breakthrough, while you're waiting for it, still rejoice. And I tell you what, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I have conversations with people who are going through tough times, and joy is not the theme of their life. It's not. It's just, 
Oh, I know. I'm waiting on God for my breakthrough. I'm waiting on God to touch my kid's life. I don't know what's wrong with them. I raised them to the Lord. They even know the catechism. So I, I, I don't know. And honestly, like we... Oh, sorry, my thing came off. Like, honestly, like joy is not like the thing that I, I see with a lot of people who's going through tough times. Joy is not there. And, joy, and, and God says... And God says through the, through the psalmist David, like, allow joy to be your theme. Like, stop thinking about the negative. Stop thinking about all that you're going through. Stop just thinking about it. Just stop being negative. You know, like, even in the midst of the battle, like, you still can be positive. You still can, you can still rejoice. Here's why. Here's why we can rejoice. And this is what I love about the scriptures. We can always rejoice because we're, we're Christians. We're, 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 we're in the kingdom of God. Like, we... We, we serve a God who's awesome, so it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what we're facing because we always have the, the thing to lean back on, that we have the Holy Spirit with us. We got a God who's for us. We got a God who loves us, and that alone, that alone right there should give us joy that can trump any situation that you're going through. It trumps it. So that's why we have this trump card. Like, we have this card in our lives where we can just say, you know what, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm safe. Man, this thing is giving me a hard time, Aaron. There we go. And uh, I just, I know, <laughs> there's this one time I was, uh, we were, <laughs> we were um, kind of hanging out, um, and uh, we, we were kind of doing some ministry in our church right there at Cornerstone, and there's this, there this one lady who just, I mean, she was going through tough times, like she she was battling cancer. And, uh, and every day, like, no one knew about it. Like, she didn't put it in a prayer card. She didn't come up the front for prayer. It was like, man, we didn't know this. And at the moment, and so she was just, every day she, was, she would come up, how you doing? I'm doing better than I deserve. With her cane. How you doing? Better than I deserve. And I didn't, I thought, man, this lady is, I mean, she got joy. I mean, every Sunday, she came on Wednesdays before our admin team. We have an admin team that comes on Wednesday to do all of our administration, just volunteers, whatever. She would come every, every Sunday early, every Wednesday, and she would come in. And honestly, every time we ask her, how you doing? I'm doing better than I deserve. And then her, her son comes in town during Christmas and puts in a prayer card, hey, would you just pray for my mom? She's, she, she has terminal uh, uh, just cancer. And uh, Miss Sue, she, she passed away about, about two years ago. But so, like, the, the last maybe two weeks she was in hospice and all the pastors, we had a rotation. They would go visit her, just make sure, let her know that we love her and just we walked with her. And we walk in the hospital bed maybe a few days later. And what our pastor, Sean, was saying that he, he talked to her. And, um, and four days before she, her, she, she, she passed, how you doing, Miss Sue? I'm doing better than I deserve. And I, I think Miss Sue had a, a, a revelation that David had. That even in the midst of the battle, we still always have something to rejoice about. Because we have a God who loves us. We have a God who's for us. We have a God who's going to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness into the inheritance of the saints. We have a God who, who, who is all about us, who, who craves for us. And David had this revelation. 
Though I'm in this city, though I'm far away from my home, though my family's nowhere to be found, though my friends are nowhere to be found, though somebody is seeking after my life, though I am far away from my dreams and far away from the calling that God anointed me to walk in, though I'm far away from that, I still can rejoice in God. Here's why. Because I have God. And God is the prize for life. And honestly, David, David had this understanding that whenever you get God, you just got life. Like, whenever you have God, it's, it's everything. And so honestly, David had this understanding that God is the goal. God is the gospel. He is the good news. And so the good news that we rejoice about, really, is that we have him. So David says, let the afflicted rejoice here in the psalm. And lastly, David says, magnify the Lord with me. I, I love this. I'm going to read that part again. It says, uh, David, in Psalm 34, it says in verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, that's an interesting uh, verse. Um, it says, magnify the Lord with me. And in other words, David is saying, hey, would you, would you allow, would you make God the biggest thing in your life? Would you magnify God and not magnify your situations or your problems? Um, a, few, uh, a few days ago, I was, um, I was at home and just, I've been traveling a lot. So, uh, and um, I'm getting ready for a big week for me um, in August, the first week of August. This is this is great week uh, that I look forward to every year. It's called Shark Week. I'm not sure if you ever watch it. Uh, yeah, it starts, it starts tonight, yeah. So I, I, I always look forward to it. So in August, I have like this, this new thing that comes out every, the first of the week of August, whatever, and just even starting tonight. So, uh, so I was watching reruns of Shark Week for last year, getting ready for this week. You got to prepare for Shark Week. And <laughs> so anyways, really, I love Shark Week. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm, I was traveling. I just got back home, and... My wife went out to run some errands, and so I'm watching the kids. So, so I have two kids. I have a, a, a three-year-old. I have a, a, a six-year-old. And they, they are there. Uh, so I'm watching the kids. And so um, the kids are upstairs. They're watching the show. They're playing with the toys. They're quiet. They're in one room. They're controlled. So I thought that, hey, it'd be a good time for me to go downstairs and prepare for Shark Week and to kind of watch the reruns. So I, uh, I go downstairs, and I'm, I'm enjoying Shark Week. You know, you can hear the Australian accent guy, you know, off the coast of, uh, you know, Australia, and these sharks come and eat these seals. I just love it, right? And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm, I'm zoned in, and all I hear upstairs was this loud thump, like, boom, boom. And after that was just crying. I'm like, oh, my goodness. My kid broke her arm, and I'm watching Shark Week. You know, I'm just <laughs> terrible parent. I'm in trouble. My wife's going to be home in five minutes. How can I fix this situation in five minutes? Uh, before she gets home. So anyways, so I go upstairs, and Jalen's crying. My oldest is crying. And so when the oldest is crying, just naturally the youngest just starts crying. Nothing happened to her. So she starts crying. So it's a cry party. Everyone's screaming. And I, I, I don't know what happened. And she's crying. She's crying. And I, I had to get down on her level. I said, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, there's an ant over there. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so she jumps off her bed, and that was the loud thump. She started screaming, and it was just a little, little small ant, and she made such a big deal for a little small thing. And I think David had this understanding that sometimes when we go through life, 
I'm, I'm not trying to minimize our problems, and I'm not trying to minimize our struggle, because our struggles are real, and our problems hurt, and our pain, it hurts. But what I'm saying is, in light of God, our problems are really small. And we make a big deal out of our problems instead of making a big deal out of a big God. And so David, begins, he teaches us this principle that we are to magnify God and not magnify our problems. Because oftentimes when we walk through dark nights, like David was walking through, we tend to make the problem bigger than God. And so, God, and so David says, hey, I want you to magnify God. And how do you magnify God? It's your focus. Like a magnifying glass is, is all about focus. It's all about focusing on something. And so a magnifying glass, what it does is that you put it on something and it brings intense focus to it. And a lot of times in life, we put a magnifying glass on our problems instead of putting a magnifying glass on God. We are to magnify God. We are to give him our focus and not our problems and not our situations because when we do, our problems and situations seems to go away. They seem to be real small. I got to finish that story that I told you about when I was working at Home Depot. My last six months there, I, I made a decision that I was going to rejoice in the Lord and I was going to thank God every day that I had a job at Home Depot. I made a decision that I was going to be the best sales representative at, at Home Depot. I, my job, I worked in the service desk. And so we had one goal. One goal was to make sure the store was organized and running right, making sure online orders were coming in, all that stuff. But our second goal was this, to get as many credit cards sold as possible. And I know it's bad to get people in debt, but I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to be the number one credit card salesman at Home Depot history. And so, like, normally, like, the goal was to get maybe, like, 10 a month. I mean, honestly, those last six months, I was getting, like, 35 credit card sales. I was getting everybody in debt, but I didn't care. I was just, <laughs> I, I, I just decided that I wasn't going to allow my current circumstance to determine my joy. I just decided that I was going to begin to give God praise and thank him for my current situation. And it was in that moment, like I said earlier, that I thought that the enemy had used that situation and that season to bury me. But I didn't know that God had really planted me. And he used that situation, the dirt and the nastiness and the pain of that situation to make the man I am today. And I'm not sure what you're going through, and I'm not sure what you're going to go through and what you just went through. One preacher says it like this. John Piper, he says, he says sometimes that's life, he don't mean to be negative, but he says that in life is made up of storms. You're either going through a storm or you're coming out of a storm or you're about to go in a storm. And I just would hate for us to look back at the end of life and we allow storms to determine our joy. We allow storms to determine our praise. And we allow storms to determine our focus. And... We all face insecurities, and we all face those dark nights, and I just pray that this psalm is an encouragement to you, that we serve a God who wants us to magnify him and not our problems. Somebody was asking me the other day, Travis, why, why, why are you planning a church? Why are you starting a new church in that community? And honestly, I, I said to them, it's because they don't realize 
that their problems that they're facing can be overcome by a big God. And this is why we exist. This is why Chester Christian exists. You exist to tell the world that there is a God who can overcome their sin. You exist to tell the world that there's a God who can allow them to walk with them in the midst of their storm. We, we, we exist to tell the world that there's a God who can allow them to, to go to people who are about to get a divorce and tell them there's a God who can overcome the pain of that marriage. This is why we exist, because we want the world to magnify God, to glorify God and to make him big, because we serve a God that no matter what situation we face, no matter what you're going through, there's a God who's for you. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who wants the best for you. That's, that's who we serve. And so David wanted you to know, and David wanted me to know, and God wanted us to know that there is a God who is for us. And though we face tough times, and though we go through the night, there is a God who can overcome any situation that we face. So that's why whenever we face the storm, we can face the storm with faith. We can face the storm with joy. We can face the storm with focus on him. Here's why. Because we know that those storm can last longer than the presence of God. No storm is too bigger for God, and no storm is too great for him. So this is why we can magnify God in the midst of the storm. And so I want to pray for you all, and I'm going to invite Pastor to come up, and we're going to invite the team to come up, and we're going to have some time of prayer and communion. But I, I just pray that as, as you leave today, that we, that Psalms 34 teaches us three things about walking through hard times. It teaches us that we can focus on God, we can magnify Him, we can give Him praise. It teaches us that at all times we can give God praise. And it teaches us to have joy, not when the dark night is over, in the middle of the dark night. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you just may touch our lives, God. And Lord, I'm not sure who's going through tough times even right now, God. Somebody who may be facing some, a long, dark night, and it seems like they are far away from the promises that you have for their lives. Lord, would you touch them? Lord, would you give them strength? Lord, would you allow them to, to get the revelation that they're not buried, but they're planted by you? And, and God, you can use every situation to bring your glory out of God and will help us to glorify you and help us to magnify you, not our problems and not our situations. God, we love you. Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, come in our lives. Give us joy in the middle of the midnight. Help us to make great decisions. Help us to have a, a positive mind. God, help us to sing your praises and not sing complaints and not sing bitterness, but help us to sing your praises. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.